Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, April 1st, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And make sure you tell them I sent you. And we have Major League Baseball beginning this weekend on Sunday. The regular season begins opening day on Sunday. Now, here locally for the Red Sox, Opening day is Monday in Cleveland, but what you should be doing this weekend is reaching out to Beantown Athletics, either calling them, going on the website I just gave you, or coming into the shop, 132 Granite Ave in Dorchester, and getting your one-of-a-kind David Ortiz Farewell Tour t-shirts. It has a picture of Big Poppy on the front, and it has his number on the back, 34, and above his number, it says Thank you, because this is David Ortiz's final season in Major League Baseball, and it officially begins on Monday. So make sure you get your David Ortiz one-of-a-kind farewell tour t-shirt this weekend right here at Beantown Athletics. Again, the website, beantownathletics.com, and the phone number, 617-282-4181. Now, I'm going to get this out of the way right away. If you hear any noise here in the background, it's because I'm, I'm blasting a fan on me. Now, I'm doing the show a little bit later in the afternoon today. Uh, some things came up this afternoon. And when I say some things came up, I say that the boys ordered pizza. And, you know, I just, we got caught up procrastinating. We got caught up uh, just out in the back eating lunch. And it turned into like a fucking three-hour affair. So here I am now, and when I wait this late to record the podcast, like in the afternoon, when I wait to the afternoon, if you've seen videos of this studio, and I've, I've given you them on Instagram, follow me at Danny Picard on Twitter, also at Danny Picard, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard show. You've seen this studio, if you've seen my videos. I'm right on the main road here on Granite Ave. And I got these two big windows. It's a beautiful setup. It's, it's a customized studio. Um, you know, it really is a special place for me to do this show. But if I wait too late in the day, even in the month of April here, now April 1st, if I wait too late, it's a little warmer. It's like 50, 55 degrees and sunny. The sun blasts in here in the afternoon. And it turns into a, not just a sauna, like this turns into a solarium. Have you ever been in a solarium? I mean, this is what this is right now, and I am sweating my balls off, so I had to bring in a fan. I just went out back and, and grabbed the fan from them and brought it in. So if you do hear the noise in the background, it's a little noisy. You know, I, I try to do my best to make sure there is very minimal background noise with this podcast because we do have state-of-the-art equipment, and, and really, when you add this fan in the background, it kind of takes away from the money you spent on the state-of-the-art equipment, which is meant to take away and minimize some of the background noises. But if you hear it, I don't regret it today because I am sweating my balls off because I waited later than usual to record today's podcast. But it's okay because it's available whenever you want. Get this show at dannypicard.com, as you know, if that's what you're listening right now. But also subscribe on iTunes, the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, anywhere podcasts are available. I'm going to wrap up 
today's show and essentially wrap up the week how I do every Friday with a segment we call Picks Picks. I usually give you games with the spread and pick some games. Last week, I I went through the rest of my NCAA tournament bracket. That bracket is busted. But today, I'm going to close out the show with my Major League Baseball season predictions. That's right. I have them in front of me, finished right now. I have my division winners. I have the playoffs, how they play out, ALDS, NLDS, all the way up through the World Series with my World Series champ. And I even gave you some awards. Gave you the AL and NL MVPs and gave you the AL and NL Cy Youngs. I didn't get into Rookie of the Year. Like, that just... Well, we'll we'll just see how that plays out. I'll 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 let let the rookie of the year race play out on its own. But I do have my predictions. That's going to be uh, picks picks this week today because as I mentioned, the major league baseball season begins on Sunday, and the Red Sox begin opening day Monday. They are in Cleveland at four o'clock. So I am jacked up about that. But last night, I'll, I'm going to begin here with some NBA because the Celtics last night. They're on this West Coast trip. Jay Crowder has returned, but the Celtics blew it in the second half and lost in Portland to the Trailblazers. 116-109. to 109. They came storming back. They made this a game. Um, I was, you know, I, I, I was up off my seat for the last two and a half minutes, last three minutes as the Celtics made this comeback. And when Jay Crowder hit that three, oh, yeah. I was as fired up as you could be. I'm saying to myself, they're going to win this game. And then Isaiah Thomas turned the ball over. That's a tough turnover. And then he got a foul late. Damian Lillard drove to the basket. They called that foul. That was not a foul. That was a ho- I tweeted this out last night in all caps, too. I said, that was a horseshit call. It was. Horseshit call. And the Celtics end up losing in Portland. And it doesn't get any easier tonight as the Celtics play at Golden State against the Warriors, who are out to set a regular season record for wins in a single season. And uh, I'm looking at the spread for this one. The Celtics are a 12-point underdog. Now, I think we're still waiting to see if Jay Crowder is going to play the second night of of this back-to-back where he's just coming back from an injury. He's saying he could. I mean, what's he going to look like when he does? I'm not sure. He had a big shot late in this game last night. You could see, at least in the first half, his presence defensively, what he does for this team. They do need him if they want to have a shot tonight against the Warriors at Golden State because you know what Golden State is playing for. But the last time these two teams played, it was at the Garden. It was around Christmas time, and the Seas gave him a game. Now, the Warriors were a little banged up for that one, but I, I still could see the Celtics. You know, this 12 points. If you tell me Crowd is playing, I, the 12 points, that's, that's a lot. I'd be... I'd be seriously considering jumping all over the 12 points. Not telling you the Celtics are going to win, but I would be seriously considering jumping on the 12 points. So that's what we have tonight. But going back to last night, after this loss in Portland, the Celtics dropped from 4th in the East to 6th in the East. So if the playoffs began today, right now, the Celtics would be the 6th seed in the East with a 43-32 and record. And they would be playing the three-seed Atlanta Hawks in the first round of the playoffs. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing because with the set brackets in the NBA, if you think you have a chance to win the first-round series, 
and you want to avoid Cleveland in the second round, because Cleveland will be playing in the second round. If you want to avoid Cleveland in the second round, well, you cannot be the four or the five seed. You want to either be the two, the three, the six, or the seven, right? That's what you want to be. And right now, the Celtics are the six. Now, you'd rather have them be the three seed, but with this loss last night, you look at it, the Celtics are now a game and a half behind the, th- the Atlanta Hawks for the three seed in the East. Um, Atlanta, they host Cleveland tonight, so that's not an easy game for them. That's a, that's a tough one for the Hawks. Charlotte, though, they have an easy game. Charlotte is the five seed right now, right above the Celtics, a half game ahead of the Celtics. Charlotte is playing against the 76ers. That's right, the 76ers that have nine wins on the season and 66 losses. So Charlotte hosts Philly tonight. That's an easy game for them. They should win, but Atlanta could very well lose tonight against the Cavaliers. And if you're looking at Miami, who right now is the four seed, who's only a half game ahead of the Celtics at that four seed, Miami is in Sacramento, and it's probably going to be an easy game for the Heat because DeMarcus Cousins is not playing for Sacramento. He is going to be suspended for this game after picking up his 16th technical foul the other night. Uh, did you see this? Him and Rondo, it, the, game is, the game was over. All right, game was over. And I think it was Rondo was going to inbound the ball. Like, there was, what, six seconds left in the game or something crazy? Under a minute, it was a blowout. The Kings were winning. And, and Rondo, I don't think he got the ball. He didn't inbound the ball in time. I don't know why. I don't know why he waited so long. And when he didn't inbound in time, uh, they, they made the call against the Kings. And the game was over. And so Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins, they give like the sarcastic clap, right? Like right in the ref's face, though. And the ref didn't like that. Like, like, Cousins and Rondo are clapping because they're like, all right, you're making this call, good for you, but the game's over. The ref's probably thinking, you fucking idiots. Yeah, the game's over. Why are you mocking me right now? Like, so I can understand why the ref would get upset, uh, but he teased DeMarcus Cousins up, and because it's his 16th of the season, his 16th technical, he, he gets suspended. So Cousins is now suspended for the next game for something that is just stupid. It's stupid... For, for, for everybody involved, right? They shouldn't have been clapping sarcastically, and you're like, well, if you know it's going to be a 16th, I mean, you're going to tee him up, and I guess you don't want the refs looking at it like that, but um, it, it just, it makes, it really makes no sense. He's going to be suspended. What did he really do? But at the same time, why are you clapping there, right? So I usually defend DeMarcus Cousins. I guess I laughed at this, but sure. It could have easily not happened. But it also could have easily just been ignored. I don't. It, either way, DeMarcus Cousins isn't playing. And Miami, you would think this would be an easy game for them. But they just lost to the Lakers. A Lakers team that won't even talk to their, point, their starting point guard. They lost to the Lakers the other night. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on those games. But I'll be all about the Celtics and Golden State. Uh, the boys are going out tonight. We're going to watch this game tonight. I don't know where. We've been talking. We're like, where are we going to go? I said, look, I need multiple TVs wherever we go tonight. I'm not working tomorrow. No, my weekend radio show, This it's usually Saturdays on WEI, 93.7 FM. Um, it, it's on Sunday this week because tomorrow there's a Red Sox spring training game in the afternoon. And then our station is playing. Uh, we're picking up the final four games. And those final four games, if you don't have your bracket in front of you, Villanova versus Oklahoma 
both number two seeds. Uh, they will play at 6 o'clock. Syracuse, a 10 seed against North Carolina, the only one seed in the Final Four. They will play at 9 o'clock. So you got those games. Our station, WEI, is going right from the baseball game to the college basketball game. So I won't be on WEI. My weekend radio show will be Sunday, 1 to 4 o'clock. Uh, we'll be doing a lot during that show. We'll be talking Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox. I'm sure I'm going to get a couple WrestleMania things in. I'll get a WrestleMania thought in on this podcast today as well before I uh, uh, close it out. But that's what the weekend looks like. So I'm not working Saturday. So tonight, you know, the boys are going out to watch the games. And, you know, Golden State and the Celtics, they're playing uh, the late game tonight. And so, yeah, you I know you only need one TV to watch that. That's at 10.30. But but the Bruins are playing tonight, too. And so we need to watch that. So the Bruins are in St. Louis. It's it's must-win territory for the Bees. Must-win territory. Detroit tonight, they also play because we got our eye on them. Detroit hosts Minnesota. They host the Wild tonight. So the Bruins in St. Louis. Detroit, they're at home against the Minnesota Wild. It's not going to be an easy game for the Bees because then they go to Chicago. This weekend, after that, to play the Blackhawks. And um, everybody's really still playing for something. But the Bruins are playing just to get in the tournament right now. They're trying to just get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, there's a lot going on. I got to watch the Bruins. I got to watch the Celtics game. At some point, I think, at the beginning of the Celtics, the end of the Bruins game will be going on. So, I need multiple TVs. I need multiple TVs tonight. So, we're trying to figure out where we're going to go. We haven't figured that out yet. And even if I knew, actually, I wouldn't be telling you because that would be a free read for that local establishment. And I am done with the free reads. You want your store or restaurant or bar mentioned? Guess what? Give me some fucking money. That's what it's going to be. All right? Uh, So we'll figure that out. But that's what's up for the weekend. And um, before I get to my Major League Baseball predictions here, I also got to say this. The Patriots, they keep making moves. Patriots going nuts this year. And... They add defensive lineman Terrence Potrose Knighton. Terrence Knighton signs a one-year deal with the Patriots. It's a great move. It's a great move. He's in, you know, I consider him one of these, like, athletic big defensive linemen. Like, he's an athletic big. You know, we say that in basketball. Oh, he's an athletic big. Well, I use it to describe someone like Knighton. He's got some moves for a big dude. Now, Will Fork had moves for a big dude. Knighton's got some moves for a big dude. And, you, you know, you want him attacking other teams' quarterbacks. So the Patriots, they make that move, one-year deal. I love the defensive guys that got a one-year deals. Chris Long, you know, Terrence Potrose, Knighton. You also got a couple players like Jamie Collins, Hightower, who, whose contracts are up. You know, there's, motiva- there's motivation all around. On top of the motivation that you already have being a member of the Patriots, knowing you have a chance to win a championship. It's a guy like this, like Knighton, that I get fired up for because you know he's coming here to win. That's it. Like, so when people knocked the Patriots early on in free agency, when they didn't go out and give a couple extra mil to sign wide receiver Mohamed Sanu, or, you know, they didn't give a couple extra mil to sign wide receiver Rashad Matthews, you know, right, right, he goes to other places. I said, well, wait a minute, that, the fact that they're not going to come here knowing that they have maybe the best chance to win and play with Tom Brady tells me more about them than it does the Patriots for not being willing to give them the extra couple mil. Like, I see a deal like this with pot roast night, and I'm like, oh, boy, kid wants to win. <laughs> and that's 
exactly the type of culture that they've created in Foxborough. They want guys who want to win, all right? That's it. And this one-year deal, Terrence Knighton, he wants to win, and he's going to have a damn good chance to do it. Damn good chance to do it. So the Patriots, they make another move, and they're making this offseason a very interesting one, and it's only going to get more interesting when we get to the draft, and you know, and they don't have a first-round pick. And, and I think that, I just think that means Bill Belichick's going to get even more creative. See, we're all wrapped up in, oh, will the Patriots get their first-round pick back because of Deflategate? Or, you know, how are they going to handle this situation? I, I saw something like, I didn't even read the stories, but they're like, oh, should Patriots fans boycott the first round of the draft? Like, I don't even know what that means, first of all. Like, what do you mean? Like, not watch on TV? Not watch the draft? I'm not a big NFL draft guy anyways. Like, I'm not someone who, who creates mock drafts going in. Like, I have friends who do that. It's borderline psycho. It's border, you're a borderline psycho if you do that. Now, you might think I'm knocking you. I mean, I, I say this in jest to some of my friends who do that. I'm like, you guys are fucking nuts. Like, you're still my friends and all, and I love you to death. But you will not find me sitting there. I mean, it's like multiple rounds, too. Yeah, they crossing names out. I mean, (laughs) how many do you get right? You might get the first overall pick right. You might get the second or the third. After that, it's like, what? What are we doing here? What are you doing? Right? What are you doing? But to each his own, I guess. To each his own. It's not my, it's, it's not what I do and, or am ever going to do in my free time. But then again, I'm not a big NFL draft guy. I, there's, other, there's other things going on at that point in time. There's Stanley Cup playoffs, there's NBA playoffs, there's Major League Baseball, uh, the opening month of the season, right? I just, I'm more involved in that stuff, in the, the in-season stuff, the important, the games. Like, that's me, the games. The off-season yeah, there are certain off-season times where you get excited, like free agency's big, but draft stuff, eh. Never really been a big draft guy. Maybe I guess if there's a league I'm a big draft guy, it's NBA. Because it's quick. It's two rounds, and and that's it. You get two rounds, and you're done. Yeah, NFL's like, a, they make a whole weekend out of it. Now they, they've changed it. It's like third, the first round's Thursday night primetime, isn't it? It's just too much. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or is it even Friday? I don't even know anymore. They, they, if they could make it a week-long affair, it, it's honestly, it's only a matter of time till they, they drag the NFL draft out like they do the first half one weekend and then they save the, the second half for the next weekend and build that up and build up like players in the, the, the second half of the draft. Like, I mean... The NFL loves its. I've never seen a league that loves itself as much as the NFL does to the point where they want their schedule to be 365 days a year. And me personally, as you know, I like football and it's in season. I like some off-season stuff. But, like, I'm not a 365-day-a-year football guy. Like, in the summer, when they're dishing me NFL Live, oh, man, I, I, I like, want to throw a remote through my TV. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. You're giving me NFL stories right now? I don't care. Now, the last couple of years, we've been talking about Deflategate, right? Last year, we did all Deflategate during the summer. It didn't help that the Red Sox were terrible and that the, the Bruins didn't make the playoffs and that the Celtics were eliminated, swept in the first round. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Patriots are in the news today, but that's, I mean, that's, that's as far as I'm going to go 
with the NFL storylines. There's more important stuff that's going on right now. Some of it I told you with the Celtics big game tonight in Golden State. The Bruins a huge game tonight in St. Louis. And I'm sure we'll, I'll get to that and react to those things on my weekend radio show Sunday 1 to 4 on WEEI. And um, look, it's April 1st. No April Fool's stuff here. Not doing it. No April Fool's. I, I, but I need to clarify that, like, I don't, I don't do the April Fool's thing. I don't. And, yeah, I know, everybody knows the people that fall for that shit. I am like, I know what, I know when April 1st is. And I walk around saying to myself, Danny, it's April 1st. You might want to think twice before you believe what they're saying. They could be telling me, like, like, we got pizza today. And someone said, oh, the box in the bottom is pepperoni. I said to myself, Danny, it might not be pepperoni. Don't believe him. Okay? I opened the box, it was pepperoni. That's, that's fine. That's fine. But, but just that's, that's my mindset. Like, you don't believe anybody on April 1st. Whatever they tell you. Until you actually see the proof. So, I just want to get that out of the way. I need to clarify that as I get into my picks. But also, as I give you... And, and, and I'm glad I waited a little bit to do today's podcast because when I waited, this quote came out from Pablo Sandoval's agent. And this is a real quote, so I need to clarify what my mindset is on April 1st. Like, I'm not here fooling you. I'm not here fucking around with you. This is a real-life quote from a real-life person today, this afternoon. If you don't know the Pablo Sandoval story, it's simple. He shows up to spring training. He is out of shape, and he was terrible last year. We all know that. But he shows up out of shape. They lied to us and told us he was in shape. They said he had 17% body fat, which is just, I mean, it's one thing to publicly defend someone on your team and your organization. It's another thing to just think that we are all idiots and don't know what Google is. Because all you need to do is Google 17% body fat and, um... You do not get pictures that look like what Pablo Sandoval looked like when he showed up in spring training, okay? We know how to use the internet, Boston Red Sox. We know how to use the internet. Let's get that out of the way. Then, Sandoval is a press conference first day of spring training saying he has nothing to prove and that he didn't weigh himself all off season. You know, of course, then you go to the manager, John Farrell, and they say, well, did you tell him to, to lose weight? Like, did you give him a number like you gave Hanley Ramirez? Because they gave Hanley Ramirez a number to get down to. They wanted him uh, svelte. That was the word they used. They wanted Hanley to show up svelte this year, showing up to spring training. And they gave him a number. They said, they, John Farrell said, look, we didn't give Pablo Sandoval a number. But when we tell you to stay, you know, to stay in shape this offseason, the assumption and expectation is that you will, you know, jump on a scale at some point. And not show up looking the way you looked. So that's been the Pablo Sandoval story. Denny suffers a, a minor back injury at the end of spring training. And it opens the door for someone like Travis Shaw. Left-handed hitter. Can put the ball in the seats. We saw that last year. Now he's never played a full season. So I'm still skeptical about what he could do in a full season. I know he's in his mid-20s. He could be a very good player. But I'm trying to manage expectations with the kid. I don't want to sit here and just because he now is the starting third baseman for the Red Sox. Because that's the news. 
He ended up getting the job. Pablo Sandoval, they announced yesterday, will be benched to begin the season. Travis Shaw, the door opened. Uh, you know, it was, or I should say it was cracked, and he kicked it in. I guess. I guess. I, I still think that, you know, the Red Sox are playing a game here with Pablo Sandoval, and it's called the game of competition. They created a competition. You could say Travis Shaw won it. You could say Pablo lost it. But I told you yesterday, this is what happens when you show up to spring training looking like that and telling us you have nothing to prove. Saying those things. This is what happens. You, you know, this, nothing is, yeah, you got a big contract. But they made it clear. The money is not going to factor into playing time. It's not. But I also think there's a mindset within the organization from the manager to the GM to the president of baseball operations to ownership that looks at Sandoval's situation, looks at how he showed up, looks at some of the things he said, and they say, you know, is it, is it a bad problem to create a competition? Like, is that an issue? No. In fact, that's a good thing. Create the competition. And let's see now how Sandoval reacts. I think it's a test more than anything else. And um, with this test, today, Pablo Sandoval's agent, this is what he's telling, I believe he told John Heyman. That's what he told. He told John Hammond. Here's the quote from Sandoval's agent. Quote, if you want to win, why leave the Ferrari in the garage? End quote. Let me read you that one more time. He says, this is Pablo Sandoval's agent. Pablo Sandoval, who just got benched, who signed, what, a $95 million deal? Pablo's agent said, quote, if you want to win, why leave the Ferrari in the garage? End quote. That's the question he asked. And my answer, I mean, it opened, this, this quote opened the, the floodgates for Twitter jokes. I mean, social media went nuts with this one. And some of the things I have coming into me are pretty funny. Some, you know, aren't as funny as others. But the point remains, everybody's now taking their shots at Pablo Sandoval because his agent came out with this quote. My response is, oh, if you want to win, why leave the Ferrari in the garage? Well, it's because the guy behind the wheel of that Ferrari has been driving like a complete asshole, right? He's been driving like an asshole. So that's why you leave it in the garage. And uh, the guy who's behind the wheel, he's on the bench. He's on the bench. You know, Colin Sandoval, a Ferrari, is, <laughs> is, is, quite, is quite a description that is not very factual. But um, that's the analogy that his agent uses. And I guess if you want to take anything positive away from this, it's that, well, maybe Sandoval isn't happy with what's going on. And if he's not happy with what's going on, that's a good thing to me. Like, if I'm the Red Sox, that's how I want to see him react. You know, you could say, well, he's saying all the right things because yesterday I think there was a quote in which Sandoval came out and said, well, Shaw's going to play. Um, he's, you know, they're doing what's best for the team to win. You know, anything for the team to win. And, and I, I don't think we get – sure, I'd like to see Sandoval pissed off, but come on. I mean, we're going to crush him for saying, I guess, going saying that. I don't think he really felt that. I think – he knows how much he's been getting crushed publicly. He's trying to go, you know, the, all Bill Belichick on us, saying all the right thing. And so when you try to do your job and say the right thing, all right, I'm not going to jump all over you for that. 
Because then it looks like we're jumping all over you regardless of what you say. And I, I don't know that I want to do that. But deep down inside, I would like to see Sandoval pissed off and wanting to play. Like, that's the response I would want if I'm the Red Sox. And perhaps this quote from the agent when he says, if you want to win, why are you leaving the Ferrari in the garage? Perhaps this shows that there is some frustration in the Sandoval camp, which is coming from the player himself. And I think that would be a good thing. That means he wants to get back on the field. That means he's not going to sit there and be contempt with making, you know, the big bucks close to 20 mil, right? I'll make 20 mil this season and sitting on the bench and saying, hey, I've proven everything I need to prove, right? I mean, maybe this shows there is some fire there, some passion. And maybe because of this competition and because of this announcement and move that you've made as an organization to bench Sandoval, maybe this is the thing that gives him a little kick in the ass. And it gets that fire going again. You know, it gets that fire burning. And maybe that's what needed to happen. Maybe he lost the passion. You lose the fire. You sign a big deal. You already won three championships. Maybe he lost it. And he needed something to, to light that fire again. Like, what's, what's the best analogy you can use in, in, in recent sports times right now? I, I, when, I, when I think of this situation, I think of go to the NBA. Like, go to Michael Beasley. You, have you been watching him lately with the Houston Rockets? He, had a, he went over to China and was playing in China. He's coming back now. He's with the Rockets. And, and when he was in the NBA, well, he was a top pick. Right? He, was, you know, he was high in the draft. I mean, he was... Um, Beasley was a stud. He was the number two overall pick, I believe. Was that the Derrick Rose draft? Was Beasley in that? He was, he was high up there. Okay, He was one of the top picks. And then it just never really panned out for him. And it's not a talent issue. He shows that right now. It's, it's a passion issue. And if you lose that passion, for whatever reason, you need something that might light the fire and reignite that passion. For Beasley, it was some time off, and he goes overseas, and he knows he's still got the talent, he knows he still can play, and maybe he knows that you know, he's still got something to prove. And here he is back in the NBA, now with the Houston Rockets. I mean... I've seen him make some big, big shots with the Rockets. And they lost to the Bulls last night, 103-100. to But, um, you know, Beasley is certainly someone that, that has shown me, you know, I think he, he found that fire, that passion that he had in college that for whatever reason he lost when he went to the NBA. But you, sometimes these guys need something uh, in order to, to, to find that passion to get that fire burning again, and maybe this is what Sandoval needed. He needed someone to step up and say, you know what, big dog, you want to show up looking like that, saying those things, you're going to be on the bench because we got someone else. I don't give a fuck how much money you're making. And Sandoval, maybe that pissed him off. And maybe now he looks at it and goes, you know what, I do got to prove to them that this is my position. That, 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 you know, I am not a slob. I am not a schmuck. I am not... Um, a player who has the 12th worst OPS in Major League Baseball. Like, that's not me. I'll show you who I am. But give me another shot. Maybe that's what's going on here. We can only hope. We can only hope. But let's see how it plays out. But that's the quote from his agent. And that's not an April Fool's quote. I don't think. <laughs> can, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Who is it? John Heyman? If he's fucking with us with that quote. Fuck him. That's what I'd say. If, he, if he's messing with us with that quote, 
I would tell him to go fuck himself, John Hammond. You, you, you piece of shit. You got me. You really got me on that one. Well, whatever. We did it. It's a funny quote. And we got some funny responses on Twitter. Um, so, that's what you got with the Red Sox. And as we wrap up the week, right? Well, though, before I get my picks, just a couple. Just a quick thing here on, on WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania 32 is Sunday. And, and you know, I, if you listen to me, I used to be, when I was a kid, a huge wrestling fan. Not so much anymore. But WrestleMania is... WrestleMania is a big event. And, you know, I get together with some of the boys and we watch... We watch... We'll watch WrestleMania Sunday. After work, after my show, my weekend radio show, we're going to watch WrestleMania Sunday night at my buddy's apartment in Southie. And... um. Yeah, it's it's going to be entertaining. But no, I don't think as entertaining as as maybe it could be because they're dealing with a lot of injuries. But here's, here's just I won't go over every match cuz we've done that already. One prediction that I have is and I think this is fairly obvious if you've been watching some of the promotional stuff for WrestleMania, it's in Dallas. I mean, it, they could set an attendance record at this one. Don't they say that every year though? Oh, set an attendance record. There's always an attendance record that they set. There's always some type of record that they set. But I guess they could set an attendance record in Dallas at AT AT&T Stadium. The place is ginormous, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. But my one prediction, one prediction, here it is. John Cena gets involved in a match. I don't know what match. I don't know in what capacity, but he gets involved. He's been injured, but he has videos of him working out. He's going on the Today Show. He's doing all this promotional shit. You know, you see his face, his picture on the WrestleMania screen. He, they still are keeping him involved. But he has not been part of the product for a while, right? Because of this injury? Or and some people have questioned, said it's not even an injury. He was out filming movies or something. And they just used an injury as an excuse to not make it look like he was taking time off to film movies. Which would force some people the biggest fans, to maybe roll their eyes at that. But uh, I tell you what, my prediction, and I'm going to guarantee this, John Cena is involved in some match in some capacity at WrestleMania. If I, you know, the betting man in me would bet that he's involved in the Undertaker versus Shane McMahon match, and I even think there's a possibility he could turn heel, maybe help the Undertaker win, and help Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon and Triple H stay in power. Because if Shane wins, they say he gets all the power. Well, maybe John Cena screws Shane McMahon and helps Vince McMahon, and that's how he joins the authority, turns heel. I don't know. It's possible. Maybe he does the other thing, helps Shane win, stays a face. Whatever it is, if I'm a betting man, he's involved in that match somehow. But I'll get my guarantee is, my prediction, is that he's involved in WrestleMania in some capacity. He's got to be. You can't have WrestleMania right now without John Cena. Can't. So, he'll be involved. That's my prediction. So, uh, without further ado, picks, picks. I do it every Friday. Usually give you games with the spread. But I have my 2016 Major League Baseball predictions in front of me. And you know I always give you a song that sort of, that goes along with the segment and the sport. So, we have the MLB on Fox theme. The old one. Because the new MLB on Fox, the last couple years, they've been going with the NFL on Fox, Dean. 
Like, they've been going with the NFL. No, we're going back to the baseball theme. It's a great song. There's what we're going with. Hit the music. There it is. That's the one. They got to go back to this. I don't know why they got rid of it. But, um, all right. So, my 2016 Major League Baseball predictions. Where do you want to begin? Because I have division winners for you. Let's begin with that. Let's begin in the National League, shall we? National League, NL East. I'm going with the Mets. I'm going with the Mets. They won the division last year with 90 wins. They were 90 and 72. They won the division by seven games over the Nationals. Um, I'm sticking with the Mets. Their pitching is too dominant. And on top of the guys they have, Avi, DeGrom, Syndergaard, they're adding someone like Zach Wheeler, who was a first-round pick a couple of years ago, right? Big kid, six foot four, six foot five, throws in the mid-90s. Um, you know, power arm. Zach Wheeler coming up at Tommy John. They say he should be back by the middle of the season. You're adding another one on top of the kid, Mats. I mean, the Mets rotation is absolutely stacked. I don't see anyone else winning this division. It's not going to be the Marlins, even with Jose Fernandez back. It's certainly not going to be the Braves. They've been selling off pieces, right? And the Phillies? Come on, 63 wins last year. You think they're going to jump up? What have they done to jump up and win this division? So maybe it's, it's going to be Mets, Nationals in the running. Nationals at 83 wins last year. They got Steven Strasburg, Boris Client. He's in a contract year. I don't rule out that Strasburg has a monster season. And that could maybe get the Nationals to closer to 90 wins and make it a little bit more of a race in the division. But I can't pick against the Mets with that rotation. They're stacked. Um, I know they lost Murphy. He had some big hits for him. And, and that might factor into the postseason because he had some huge hits for him. But they get Cespedes back. And uh, I think Cespedes is going to have a monster year. The Mets are going to win the NL East. NL Central. Last year was St. Louis, and they did it with 100-win seasons. They won 100 games last year, the St. Louis Cardinals. And they didn't even have – the scary part about that is they didn't even have their best pitcher, Adam Wainwright. He ripped his Achilles. He only made four starts in the season. He was out at the beginning right away, and then he came in late in the playoffs coming out of the bullpen. Uh, but they didn't have Wainwright, and they still won 100 games. Still won 100 games. So uh, – that's, that's a scary thought because they have Wayne right back. They got Waka another year under his belt, who's just dirty. They have Carlos Martinez, who was great last year, and then got hurt at the end of the season, couldn't pitch in the playoffs, and that really hurt St. Louis. So, I mean, the Cardinals, their, their rotation, I'm looking at their rotation going, they could battle the Mets for the best rotation of baseball. But... I can't go against the Cubs. The Cubs were the wild card winner last year. Uh, they beat the Pirates in that one game wild card. Arietta, well, he was a Cy Young last year, NL Cy Young. They had 97 wins. The Cubs, they go out, they get John Lackey, they get Jason Haywood. Cubs are gonna be nasty. I'm gonna pick the Cubs to win the division. Cubs, yep, they win the NL Central. NL West, NL West is stacked. All right, Kershaw with the Dodgers. Dodgers lost Grinky. Dodgers added Kazmir, but eh, Kazmir's been bouncing around. I don't know how. I don't know if I'd put all my money on Kazmir to be to be dominant this year. Uh, but Kershaw's the guy. They they lost Grinky. Grinky goes to Arizona. Arizona also gets Shelby Miller in a blockbuster trade. And the Giants they went out and got Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samaja. So this the 
NL West is completely stacked, and those are the three teams, Dodgers, San Fran, Arizona. I think the Dodgers losing Greinke is going to be a very tough loss because I don't think Kazman is going to come in and be able to replace what Greinke was able to do for the Dodgers. Uh, Diamondbacks are going to make this a, a, a tough division for either of those two teams to win, but I think the Giants are going to win the NL West. That's who I'm going with. I'm going with the San Francisco Giants winning the NL West because Bumgarner is that dirty and he gets some help here with Cueto. And, and Samaja, well, I know, he struggled. We've seen some struggle from him. But at the same time, Bumgarner could be, we've seen him take this team on his back and he could possibly do that. And I expect the Giants to win the NL West. And in the wild cards in the National League, I'm gonna go with St. Louis. I just raved about their rotation. I think they get in that wild card game. And I think they play Arizona. Arizona did a lot of good things to their rotation. They already had a couple good starters, right? And the kid Corbin. I mean, Diamondbacks are going to be a very good team. And they've made a statement. They're going for something right now. And they're going to be in that wild card game against St. Louis. I'll get back to the playoffs. But though, that's what you have in the NL. NL East champ, New York Mets. NL Central champ, Chicago Cubs. NL West champ, San Francisco Giants. And the two wild cards, St. Louis and Arizona. To the American League, we go. The AL East. That's what you want to know here in Boston. Who's going to win the AL East? Here's what I got. I had a very tough, this is a tough division. Because you can't even look, you can't even overlook Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had 80 wins last year, finished in fourth place. The Red Sox finished in dead last with 78. You know how I feel about the Red Sox. They went out and got the best pitcher available in David Price, Stata available. And they went out and got the best closer in baseball in Craig Kimball. That's going to help. They get a lot of Rodriguez back. That's going to help. They got another year from Bogots and Betts. And you get some production from Bradley. It's, it's going to be a very good, much improved Red Sox team. Okay? And then you get to the trade deadline. And I think the Red Sox and Dave Dombrowski, they got the potential to get nuts. And really make a crazy move. And I'll, when we get there, I'll be keeping my eye on someone like Chris Sale or Sonny Gray to see if the Red Sox try to acquire one, one of those two guys. But Red Sox are going to be in a playoff race, no question. And I think they're going to be in a race for the division title. And that's why it's going to be so close. I have the Blue Jays and the Red Sox in a one-game playoff for the AL East when it's all said and done. Yep, a one-game playoff between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. And, um... I think that game's gonna be in Toronto, and I think the Blue Jays win. Now, the Blue Jays, their lineup, I mean, you look, yes, they lost David Price, and David Price was so filthy for them when he showed up in Toronto last year. If it wasn't for Price, what was he? He went 10 games, I think? In, in, a, in 11 starts, is that what it was? ERA under three, the strikeout, the walk ratio was filthy. David Price was nasty at the end of the regular season for Toronto. They lose that. Without Price last year, Toronto might not even make the playoffs. And they ended up with 93 wins, Toronto winning the division. Yankees last year won the one of the wild cards with 87. But Toronto, while they lost something in their rotation, they still have the kid Stroman, who returned at the end of the season last year and was nasty. You know, he's coming back. I expect Stroman to be a beast. And uh, I just look at their lineup, and it's just too good. It's too good. Donaldson, Tulowitzki, Batista, and Canacion, and on and on and on, you name it. They got a dirty lineup. And so because of that, 
with someone like Strowman, and if you can get any production from the rest of that rotation, you know, you the Blue Jays are going to be in a race. They're not going to have 93 wins. They're going to have less than that. But I think the way the division plays out, you know, you're going to see the Red Sox and the Blue Jays in a one-game playoff for the AL East. I'm going to give it to Toronto because it's going to be in Toronto, I think. And then, so Toronto wins the division, ultimately. AL Central, I'm going with Kansas City. They had 95 wins last year, the most wins in the American League. The defending World Series champs. And uh, I know they, they lost Cueto. Cueto wasn't great for them in the regular season, though, when he went to Kansas City, was he? No, their numbers weren't that great. He wasn't that great. I'm looking at Yodano Ventura. I think he's going to have a huge year for Kansas City. Yodano Ventura is going to have a monster season for the Royals. I really do believe that. And I look at Kansas City, and I look at that division, Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit. I know Detroit got Jordan Zimmerman. Big pickup for them. So Detroit's going to be better than a 74-win team that they were last year. And uh, Indians, a lot of people pick a Cleveland. That's a sexy pick around baseball. Cleveland had 81 wins last year. Kansas City's lineup, they still, I mean, they still get everybody, right? Uh, they, you know, they got Kane, they got Dyson, they got uh, Escobar. They got, I mean, they just, they're stacked. Hosmer, they, you name it. They got everybody back, most of them. I, the, the Royals are too good. I can't pick against them. I know I'm not really going on a limb, but I think your Donovan Turner is going to be that good. Edison Volquez. I think, you know, nobody in that division scares me enough. Like, Jordan Zimmerman isn't the guy that I think can take the Tigers from 74 wins to upend in Kansas City and knocking Kansas City off the top of the mountain. I don't think it's going to happen. And people talk about the Indians with Carrasco and Kluber. I'm sorry. Indians to me, no, they're not that team. Not that team. I'm going with Kansas City. Kansas City's going to win the AL Central. And then the AL West. Texas won it last year with 88 wins. You had Houston as the wild card. Houston had a great season. A lot of young talent with the Astros. Dallas Keuchel, AL Cy Young. Um, I, I think that, and, and maybe this is teasing one of my individual awards later, but I think that Carlos Correa, shortstop, Top pick, right, a couple years ago. I think he's going to be one of the best players in the game this year, if not the best. He had 22, 23 home runs last year. Kids in diapers, he's a, he's an animal. Uh, Correa is a stud. Um, and uh, I, I think he's going to help the Houston Astros get into the tournament. But it's not going to be as the division winner. Because my division winner in the AL West is the LA Angels. They had 85 wins last year, only three less than the division win at Texas. And the Angels, we talk about Garrett Richards. Um, this is a kid who suffered an awful injury two years ago, came back last year. I'm looking at him. He's a stud. I think people forget about him. I look at the Angels. He got Trout. He's going to be an MVP candidate. Pujols is ready to go, it seems. And uh, I like the Angels to win this division. I do. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Angels to win the A. West and then the wild cards in the American League the Red Sox get one of them and the Houston Astros get the other so AL East win at Toronto AL Central Kansas City AL West Los Angeles Angels and the wild card teams 
the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, and the Houston Astros. And that brings us to the playoffs. And in the playoffs, let's begin with the National League and the NLDS. All right, Divisional Series and National League. I'm going with the Cardinals over the Mets. That's right. I'm going Cardinals over the Mets. This is going to be, I think, the biggest shock of the postseason because the Mets are going to be this team that wins the NL East. That is one of the best teams in the league all year because of their rotation. And I think the Cardinals will be flying under the radar, but but I think because of their rotation, they are going to be able, in a five-game series, the Cardinals are going to be able to, to knock off the Mets in the first round. Again, only you only need to win three games out of five in the divisional series. And I think the Cardinals have the rotation to be able to do that. Mets, obviously dominant, I told you. But I'm sitting here making picks, and I'm, I'm looking at St. Louis's rotation. I'm thinking to myself, I think maybe they're flying under the radar. You know, Waka is that good. Martinez for them is that good. They won 100 games last year without Adam Wainwright. I know I took the Cubs to win that division, but the way I envision it is that the Cubs and the Cardinals, you know, they're on a path to play each other in a seven-game series this year. And that's why it's going to happen in the NLCS because the Cardinals are going to beat the Mets in the NLDS and the Cubs are going to beat the Giants in the NLDS. Um, I told you the wild card. So St. Louis is going to beat Arizona in the wild card game. They're going to play the Mets. St. Louis will beat the Mets. And the Cubs, they will beat the Giants, setting us up for an NLCS of the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals. I think these two teams are going to be destined to play each other in a seven-game series. And when they do, I went back and forth in this one. But you look at the Cubs, there's a reason why they're a favorite everywhere to win the World Series. They are going to get to the World Series. The Cubs last year, they lost to the Mets. And they actually got swept by the Mets in the NLCS. That's not going to happen again. The Cubs are not going to lose in the NLCS. They're going to beat the Cardinals. It could take seven, but it's going to happen. Chicago's going to go to the World Series. They will be the National League champion. The Chicago Cubs will be playing for the world title. And uh, that brings us to who they're going to play. So let's go to the American League. And the AL wildcard game, Red Sox versus the Astros. I think it's going to be in Houston. I think it's going to be in Houston. And if it's in Houston, it's going to be a tough place for the Red Sox to win. I think that the Red Sox will take a big step just by getting to these games. But uh, I, I look at the Astros. They were in the tournament last year. I think that's going to say a lot about that team. And I think Houston moves on. I, I know. People here in Boston might not like that. And you know what? If that's the way it actually goes up, goes down, I'm not going to like it either. But as I play this out in my head and I let my imagination run its course, this is just how I envisioned it. If it falls into place like this and the game's in Houston, I guess I just envision, I envision the Astros winning this game in a one-game playoff. I, I think maybe the Red Sox could beat them in a series, but maybe that one game, Houston, you saw them last year, man. They are a feisty bunch. And, uh, you know, I, I think because of the way they lost to Kansas City, right, they blew one of those final games. I think it was that game five they blew. They were up, and then Kansas City had a huge inning late. It was like Houston was already celebrating going to the ALCS, and they hadn't closed out and finished off the Royals yet. I think they learned from that. 
And they're still, uh, they're a young team, yes. But they now have that playoff experience. And uh, I think if that's the way it plays out, I'll say Houston wins it. So the Astros, they'll win the wild card game and the Red Sox will be out. That doesn't mean it's not a successful season for the Red Sox. If that's the way it plays out, we'll have a lot of conversation about how stupid maybe um, the wild card rules are, and, and that will bring up the conversation of, well, do you have a best of three series in the wild card? You know, you give someone another chance. You're playing all these games, you're just one game playoffs. You play 162 for one game, maybe that conversation will come up if this is the way it plays out. But the ALDS, the Royals will then beat the Astros like they did last year. I told you the Royals are too good, and I expect Ventura, Yadonna Ventura, to have a monster season. The Angels, I think, are going to beat the Blue Jays. Angels are going to beat the Blue Jays. Just a hunch I have. Sets us up for an ALCS of Kansas City and the LA Angels. I'm taking Kansas City. I'm going to put them in the World Series for the third straight year. So the Kansas City Royals, your American League champ, the World Series is going to be the Chicago Cubs and the Kansas City Royals. Who's going to win? Chicago Cubs. That's right. Finally, they can celebrate in Chi-Town. They can celebrate at Wrigley. The Cubs are going to beat the Royals in seven games. Congrats to the Chicago Cubs on their future World Series championship. They're the favorite. There's a reason you might say, wow, you didn't go out in a limb on that one. But hey, I, I went, I thought long and hard over a lot of these matchups and a lot of these games and um, I, I try to take my bias out of it all when I did it. And this is just the way I, I envision it. And to a local perspective with the Red Sox, you know, I, they're taking steps here. They got the, you know, David Price is going to be here for more than one season. And you got an opportunity to go out and maybe add another pitcher next offseason. You know, I, I, but I think the Red Sox will make it exciting. Now, maybe they do something crazy at the deadline like a Sonny Gray or Chris Sale. And if they do that, then maybe I'm thinking differently of, of what happens for them if they get to the wild card game. Maybe they, maybe they do win the division in that case. But we'll, we'll let that play out and see how that goes. But I do think the Red Sox are going to be interesting. They'll contend for a division. They'll get a wild, the wild card game. And uh, that's just the way I see it playing off. But the World Series, the Chicago Cubs will defeat the Kansas City Royals in seven games. As for my individual awards, well, I'm going to go AL MVP. I just told you, Carlos Correa, shortstop for the Astros. I think he's going to have a monster season. He's going to be one of the best players in baseball. I was doing, I was helping my father with his fantasy baseball draft last weekend, and he had the sixth or the seventh pick, and Correa was listed as like eighth or ninth, I think, on the list, and I said, you know what, take Correa. Take him now at six, because someone's going to take him right after you, and he's going to be an absolute stud, and uh, you're going to regret not picking him. He's going to be maybe the best player in baseball. So I, I just take him. I think is going to have, you know, a phenomenal year, and I think this at some point this season will be the Carlos Correa show. He's going to be AL MVP. NL MVP, I'm going Yoannis Cespedes. NL MVP. And the reason I say this, I'm a huge contract year guy. Like, if there's someone in a contract year, they're going to have a huge season. And Yoannis Cespedes, 
You might be saying to yourself, well, he just signed a deal with the Mets. It's a three-year deal. Yeah, it was. But he can opt out after the first year. So essentially, it's a one-year deal. Cespedes had 35 home runs last year, I think. 100 RBI. Monster season. And uh, the Mets are going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be winning the division. You know, Yoannis Cespedes is going to be a star on that team this year, and I think he's going to be the NL MVP. Finally, for Cy Youngs, AL Cy Young, Yodano Ventura. I think it's going to happen. I think Ventura is going to get it. Yodano Ventura, at one point last year, he was sent down to the minors. He gets called up. He finished the regular season with a 2.38 ERA over his last 11 starts, striking out 81 guys in 68 innings. And um, he's 24 years old. He's now played in, what, two straight World Series? And I, I think he's got the stuff to be an absolute stud, and I think he will be this year. I think he'll continue what he did at the end of the la last year's regular season. Oh, yeah, and they're the defending champs. Ventura, to me, AL Cy Young stuff, AL Cy Young material. This is going to be his year. Your Donald Ventura, AL Cy Young, NL Cy Young. A lot of guys to pick here in the National League. I told you, I think Strasburg in a contract year is going to have a huge season. But Jacob DeGrom, to me, you watch him pitch last year in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, it's, he was going on the road and, and just dominating. He is filthy. He throws in the mid to upper 90s. And he's only getting better. So Jacob DeGrom is going to be my NL Cy Young. And those are my awards. And those are my 2016 Major League Baseball predictions. All right. No April Fools here. I get the Cubs winning the World Series. Get this show every day. Anytime you want, I broadcast five days a week from the Beantown Athletic Studio. Subscribe and listen at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, any app that you can get a podcast on. Get me on all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Again, a little update. No radio show tomorrow on Saturday, but I will be back on Sunday. My weekend radio show this week is on Sunday WEEI 93.7 FM. You can also listen on their app or on their website, WEEI.com. And I'm back here in the Beantown Athletic Studio on Monday, and it'll be opening day for the Red Sox that day. So uh, I'll be all jacked up. And since it is Red Sox opening day Monday, I'll remind you once again before I close it out this weekend, for the weekend, send you into the weekend. Come by the shop and pick up a David Ortiz farewell t-shirt. You're going to want one. I'm telling you. Go on my Instagram. I have a video up of what it looks like. Check it out. Order it online. Give them a call. Swing by the shop. Again, beantownathletics.com or give them a call. 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And the address, 132 Granite Ave in Dorchester. I am out. Talk to you Sunday on EEI and back here Monday from the Beantown Athletic Studio. See ya.